Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. and fitty no walker today walker's a little under the weather as i said it's bad weather outside and walker's a little under the weather so hit him up at walker mail on twitter instagram he doesn't check his instagram that much i don't think but hit him up give him some well wishes let him know that you're thinking about him and uh keep the text coming on the carolina men's clinic text line 704-570-9610 line boy off our discussion that we just had line boy 74 said no sir we need experienced coaches. If Cam or Dan or Olsen wants to help, then they can help. But no big position. And he put it in all caps. That's something I would go, mm, when he said that. The bagel guy says, Wes, if we need a break from the Panthers, we need to talk about the dating challenge that Mac and Bone brought up this morning. Fitty versus Flounder on a night out. Who would get a date first? Man, that kind of that does excite me a little bit to be able to do something like that, to be able to instigate uh, a night out with you two, man. What what do you think about that? Do you think that you would beat Flounder? You'd be able to get a date first. How, how do you see that turning out? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and not speak confidently. I feel like if I'm in the arena and I'm trying, I I, I think I would probably beat him one nothing. Okay. <laughs> You know, a close be, game, it, one nil. It, it'd be like a World Cup final between two great sides that are just doing, you know, they're, they're just putting their hearts out there on the line, and you know, one team's got to win and one team's got to lose, and I'd, I'd come out victorious. <laughs> Listen, I'm here for that, man. We might have to set that up. I got to get some more details on that. I'll have to ask uh, Mac and Bone when I see him. But without further ado, it is time for the campus coda. National championship game last night. The college football season is over. Bittersweet. Fiddy, how do you feel when you watch the college football game? Is it just a feeling like the Super Bowl was bittersweet? Well, you know, man, I've been very excited about this. And, man, it's time for the season to culminate in the ultimate competition. But, man, I know when this is over, no more Saturdays. I got to wake up on Saturday now and figure out what to do with my time, even though we're watching college basketball. Yeah, uh, like like for me this year, because Carolina basketball figures to be good, it's not as depressing, um, especially after the, the football season I just endured. Um, it, it, to me, it's not as like when I was a kid and the season came to an end, I was I was kind of heartbroken, a little bit of sad. Because, as y'all know, I love my college football Saturdays. I don't date because I'm watching Pac-12 football until 2 a.m. in the morning. Last night, though, and maybe it's because Michigan was winning, I didn't really care. Like I was like, I'm, I'm ready for the offseason, if you will, because now it's a 365-day-a-year sport. Yeah. Like, there is no offseason. We're mm-hmm. still going to talk college football, so I don't miss it as much as I did as a kid because – it would go away for two to three months. Yep. Before you know it, we'll be sitting there watching spring practice and all of that and talking about what's going to happen. But to last night, 
Michigan is the 2023 CFP National Champions, the 12th national title in program history and the first since the end of the 1997 season. Michigan ends the season with a perfect 15-0 record. Clemson, LSU, and Georgia are the only other teams in college football history to achieve a single season record of 15 wins without a loss. It is the winningest season in Michigan history. Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards both eclipsed 100 yards rushing. It was the first time this season that multiple UN ball carriers cracked the 100-yard mark. The last time they did that was 2022 against Rutgers. It was the first time in CFP title game history that a team produced two 100-yard rushers in the game. The offense finished with 304 total rushing yards, both a season high for Michigan and a college football title game high. It was Michigan's fourth time with over 200-plus team rushing yards this season. J.J. McCarthy didn't play spectacular, but the guy that Jim Harbaugh calls the greatest Michigan quarterback of all time, 10 of 18, 140 yards. Michael Penix had, he was 255 yards passing through the air. He had that, should I say, and a touchdown with two interceptions. What was your take on this game, Fitty, that this Michigan team proved to you last night that without a doubt, they were the nation's best team this season. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they were my pick in the preseason to win the national championship. They were my pick in the playoff to emerge victorious. There's something about watching a team that's fallen short back-to-back years in the playoff, coming back, running it back, and saying we're going to get all the way, and we're going to win a national championship. They overcame adversity against Bama in the Rose Bowl. And then last night, Wes... I mean, it was 17-10. to 10. That game was very much in the balance, and you felt like if Penix and that offense yes. got in rhythm that that game was there for Washington to take control of. It didn't happen. Um, you got to credit the defense, and that was something that, you know, I was sitting there watching last night. And the level of defense I saw played by Michigan, it's a different sport from when I watched North Carolina try to tackle. <laughs> like I'm watching corners shed blocks and make tackles at the line of scrimmage. It's a level of physicality. And there was something about seeing two quarterbacks play off because you knew it was a big game. Like I think their, their, their nerves got to them. And so for a game that didn't have a lot of juice, it was a fun, entertaining game for four quarters and a great way to cap a great college football season. Yeah, and the big thing was, too, in the second half, you know, Michigan looked like they were in trouble, in my opinion, because as bad as Washington had played, to go in at half 17 to 10, yep. I thought, man, as explosive as this team can be, Michigan better watch out in the second half because I thought at some point Washington's offense was going to wake up. Penix was going to eventually start to get the time that he needed to find a Dunze and those guys. But they outscored Washington 17-3. They But the yardage, though, the comparison, 141 to 153, so that was heavily, uh, you know, just very similar as far as production. But only 14 rushing yards for Washington they only had 46 rushing yards for the game. That was huge. As you talked about Michigan's defensive backs, and I tweeted, I was live tweeting last night, and I said the way that they play, they play the way that they're coached. Those defensive backs, you see them, they're going in there, perfect technique to break up a pass. Yep. Or they're going in there, they're making the tackle, sure tackle. No, just I'm going to try to make this sports center highlight, and I'm going to come up and just hit you and not wrap up. No, they're wrapping up. And then also, too, when they got you going to the ground, they're trying to strip that football out this was a very very well coached fundamentally sound michigan football team they ended up out yardage 
uh, out yardaging, if that's a word, it's going to be a word that I make up, 443 to 301 uh, Michigan to Washington. But the yards per play, Michigan averaged 7.8 yards per play for the game, while Washington only averaged 4.2 yards per play. Washington also won time of possession. It wasn't by much, but they were 30 30 minutes, 44 seconds to 29 minutes and 16 seconds for the Michigan Wolverines. And I said that that was one of Michigan's M.O.s all season long was the way that they could control the clock on you as well with that powerful running game. So I thought that Michigan, while they hit a little bit of a rut during the game and you thought that Washington was going to have that opening to be able to get in there. And I thought maybe at some points we might be going to overtime, but it wasn't to be. And Blake Corm and the crew, they really came out and did their thing. But Donovan Edwards set it off quickly. And when they gave out the MVP award, how'd you feel about that? Because I know Corm had more of the workhorse kind of day, 21 carries, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. But I thought Donovan Edwards, for the better part of that game, was going to get that MVP, especially before Corm got his first score. I figured once he got the second one, I was like, yeah, you know, he's probably going to wrap this thing up. But I thought Donovan Edwards was huge, and I thought he had a real case for offensive MVP in that game. He set it off. Well, you're talking about his first two touches went for touchdowns, and they were both, you know, long, long, long runs. Mm -hmm. It felt more like a sentimental type of thing because Corm, of course, missed the, the playoff last year. Torn ACL, 28 touchdowns this year, just a model, you know, the most ever by a Michigan player in the history of that program. Um, and it feels like that's why he got it because you could have both given it to him because they were the the benefit, they were the reason why they won. Because JJ McCarthy, who Jim Harbaugh says the best quarterback in Michigan football, didn't look the part last night, and they had to run the ball early and often because the passing game. Was out of rhythm, um, but, you know, you could have given it to either guy and it would have been justified because they both were the reasons why Michigan won the game. Let's hear from Jim Harbaugh while he talked about each piece of confetti having its own story. How sweet does this little bath feel right now? It's pretty great. You know, you watch this confetti come down, it's like thousands of confetti. It tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. I like that, man. I, I think Harbaugh is one of the best at coming up with stuff just like that, saying every piece of confetti has its own story because the work that those guys put in from the start of the season to the end of it, it all culminated in a championship. Congrats to Michigan. Now, Michael Penix, I talked about the other day, I checked out the PFF mock draft, the latest one that they've had, and they had five quarterbacks in the top 12. Michael Penix checked in at number nine to the Atlanta Falcons in that mock draft. And a lot of people have been talking about, before I saw this, how Penix wasn't getting a lot of draft love while people not talking about him as far as a first rounder. Do you think that last night helped or hurt his stock? I don't want to say hurt because I thought he played as well as he could given their offensive line issues and the fact that he was just hurt. But you see why he's going to struggle at the next level because he's he's small, mm -hmm. he's tiny, he looked tiny in the pocket, and he has durability issues. I mean, he had, what, three season-ending injuries during his college career. Um, two of them happened to be ACL injuries. If you could protect him and keep him upright, he can make every throw. I think his arm is as good as Caleb Williams or Drake Mays or Jaden Daniels in the draft. 
I just don't know how long his body can hold up. And you saw that last night because by the middle of the fourth quarter, while the game was still close, his body was failing him and then he couldn't make the throws he made all year long. Yeah, you know, I think that this is one of the guys that the rookie wage scale certainly helps because I think Michael Penix is a guy they've seen what he's done this season, led college football in so many passing categories. Not to mention he lit up Texas in the last round. I think he might have been a little bit more beat up than he was putting on. But I think that this is a guy that you do take a fly on in the first round because of that rookie wage scale. You're not going to have to pay him a ton of money. If you get him and he turns into a stud, then great. If you get him and he doesn't, then you move on and you go get somebody else in another year or two. But I think that Penix has certainly proven himself to be a first-round. 